Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Ball. Thank you for being with us. Uh, this segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. It is cloud access commercial agent training. Check it out at CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Whenever we're talking about multifamily and what a great sector, it has just literally been on fire. Some people, though, are concerned. How long will this cycle last? Do we have too much new supply? Are we building too much very high-end properties? Are we having affordability issues? There's a lot of questions from a lot of people. Let's get the answers. Please welcome my first guest. It's Jay Parsons. Jay is Deputy Chief Economist with RealPage Analytics, and he's joining us on the phone. Jay, thank you for being with us, sir. Thanks for having me, Michael. Well, Jay, performance-wise, when you look overall at the apartment market, you know, it's really been on fire. Is this, just, is this continuing, or are there some markets where you're seeing some slowdown? Overall, it's continuing, and I think you introduced it well. You know, it's, it's been fascinating to see the, the strength of the market in this cycle. Um, you know, I think there's the questions you'd asked about multifamily that have been posed out there in the industry. These are the same questions that get asked year after year after year, and yet we continue to see that the market continues to chug along, uh, thanks primarily to very, very strong demand tailwinds for apartments. So overall, occupancy rates remain very tight at 95.2%. Um, rent growth is back above 3% year over year at 3.3%. And for the most part, you know, these trends are, are pervasive throughout the country. I mean, certainly we continue to see a little bit of difference between your Class A urban product and suburban product overall, as well as generally Class B. Um, but pretty much all across the country, we continue to see really good numbers. And what difference do you see there on urban versus suburban? Well, so there's the, 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 we've now three or four years into seeing better rent growth in the suburban sector than we've seen in the urban. Actually, I should take that back. It's probably about five years now. It's been a consistent trend. And, as you know, developers early on in the cycle really focused on building in urban infill, downtown spots, high Class A-plus type product, and that trend has never really stopped. And so we keep getting pounded by supply in downtown submarkets. Demand has been fantastic, but it's certainly having uh, a pretty big impact on, um, on rent appreciation. So uh, it's picked up a little bit as of late as we've seen some concession burn off in a handful of markets. Um, rent growth is, has been uh, still positive, uh, but certainly we continue to see much better growth in, in suburbs where that's really where the buried entry is these days. Yeah. What about B type of product, Jay? Uh, what do you see difference there between the kind of the new Class A stuff? Yeah, B, the Class B apartment story has been truly fantastic. And, um, you know, well, the, everyone's been, you know, there's been so much focus on apartments overall. I think this cycle is, has been the story of the coming of age of the Class B, of the Sunbelt markets, and of the suburban uh, segments. And for Class B in particular, what's, what's really benefited Class B is that we're building a whole different type of apartment in this cycle, meaning that if you you remember back 10, 20 years ago, when you built a new apartment, if you, you were worried as a Class B apartment operator because you knew that that new property is going to take away your renters with a month or two of concessions and, and the rent's going to be pretty pretty even. Um, 
that doesn't happen anymore. Apartments that are being built are just way more expensive. I mean, the average gap between a Class A property to a Class B property today is nearly 40%. And if you look at the newer construction, it's significantly higher than that. And so what that means is Class B is insulated. You know, you can't, no, very few renters can afford to make that jump from a Class B property into a brand new lease up. And so, uh, nor can most developers afford to build a Class B property. I mean, it just doesn't pencil out. And so what's happening is that you have this um, insulated area where you're not a Class C property that's sensitive to affordability concerns because you're not dealing with kind of your hourly workforce who, workers who have very uh, limited incomes. And on the other side of it, you're not dealing with the highest end of the market competing with supply. And so the result is very low vacancy and very strong rent growth. And we think that's going to continue. Yeah, that's a great place to be. And Jay, you mentioned uh, new supply levels. And as I, as I mentioned on the, on the start of the show, uh, there's a lot of cranes and a lot of new construction. And I remember we did a deal, I think, four years ago uh, for a new midtown Atlanta uh, uh, apartment development. And we were a little concerned then about where we were in the cycle, but it just seems to keep going. Uh, is this cycle just going to keep rolling? Yeah, like, like you said, I mean, that, that's a question that's been asked since the beginning of the cycle. I remember early on there's some concerns about the big spike in permits that occurred back in 2010, 2011. There's a <laughs> op-ed in the American Banker news, newspaper at that point raising, raising that red flag. And, you know, one thing I've learned over the years, Michael, is that investors and lenders tend to overestimate the impact of supply in the apartment market, and they underestimate the impact of demand tailwinds. And when you have strong demand tailwinds like we've seen throughout this cycle, you're able to absorb supply. Uh, but I think our past view of supply is really jaded by the fact that we had supply peak in the past when we had recessions hitting. So think about 2001, 2002, big supply peak, demand goes away. Think about 2008, 2009, big supply peak, demand goes away. And so what we're finally seeing is for the first time in decades, when demand is there at the same time, or it's really just the underlying economy being strong at the same time supply is coming in, we really haven't seen much of an issue outside of some isolated pockets and primarily downtown submarkets where supply is especially heavy. Yeah, and what do you expect those demand tailwinds to be moving forward? Well, I mean, the good news is, is, you know, is, is that there's just still a lot of young adults out there who are prime renter age. And, you know, you know, I go around the country and go to different events, talk to different people, and, and, and one of the things that you hear more and more buzz about is, oh, no, millennials are getting older, they're getting married, they're having kids, they're buying houses. And, yeah, that's true, they are. Um, but I think what people forget sometimes is that, just as someone turns 35, someone else turns 25, right? People, there's a whole different, that wave just keeps on coming. And the size of the population that's in their early to mid-20s is larger than the population of the oldest millennials that's kind of aging out of the prime apartment renter age. So these are demand tailwinds just on pure demographics alone that will persist for another decade. And then on top of that, um, we continue to see, you know, obviously the, the, the overall trends where people are choosing to, uh, you know, the so-called prolonged adolescence, people are choosing to uh, get married later, have kids later, uh, choosing to rent longer. Um, all of these kind of lifestyle shifts uh, certainly favor uh, the multifamily industry as well. Yeah. And you mentioned that lenders may have been concerned about new supply levels back in 2010. And, 
and uh, I guess developers that, that built there have, have done really well. What about new supply levels now? Uh, do you see that leveling off any? Yeah, it's funny. Everybody keeps asking us, hey, when does supply peak? And I think what everybody's picturing is a mountaintop where you kind of finally climb to that top and you can look down and you can see, hey, you know, it's only downhill from here. And I think what we're finding in this cycle is it's not a mountaintop. It's really a plateau. And, you know, we've climbed to the top, and I think we are at the top. But rather than going back down or going further up, we are pretty much just holding steady around the 300,000 unit mark annually across the country in terms of, you know, our market rate product being completed. And that is going to continue for at least another couple of years. Now, we will see some markets where supply is going to pick up more. Um, in particular, some of the West Coast markets, California especially, and uh, Bay Area, especially the East Bay, if I'm really zoning in, uh, big increase in supply in some of those markets. On the flip side, we have a lot of markets where supply is going to be really decelerating, and uh, that's generally going to be uh, more in the South and the Midwest, where we have some pretty big uh, drop-offs in supply, headlined by a place like Nashville, which has seen a ton of supply, but it's going to see a pretty big drop-off here in the next 12 months. Okay, and we're talking with Jay Parsons with RealPage Analytics about the multifamily market. And Jay, what do you see for cap rate trends in the multifamily sector right now? Well, overall cap rates remain in the mid fives on average, but you know, as usual, what you're really seeing is a lot of you know noise within that overall average. And what's been really interesting, Michael, is you know over the last few years, you and I have talked a lot about the urban suburban trends and how the fundamentals throughout this cycle have really favored the suburbs, given that you're really more restricted on supply. There's been much stronger than most people realize demand going into those areas, especially the suburbs. Um, you know, that are high-quality areas with jobs and higher incomes, high home prices, good access to retail, and all that kind of thing. Um, but we haven't seen investors really kind of waking up to that reality, and they continue to kind of persist the historical bias toward uh, downtown submarkets. And what's really shifted, I think, in the last, call it six months or so, is we're finally seeing uh, a little bit of, I would say, stagnancy in pricing for that top-tier urban product, and we're starting to see that gap shrink where your top-quality suburban product is starting to become much more attractive as investors realize that if anything's undervalued right now, it's probably that type of product. Yeah, interesting. Well, Jay, what do you expect moving forward into 19 and, if you can, into 24 performance and cap rates and just the multifamily sector overall? Well, obviously, the big question hanging over everybody right now is when is the recession hit? And um, I think a lot of the questions around our industry have really shifted from, you know, you know, no longer is it just about our little bubble and worrying about oversupply or affordability. You know, now everyone's worried about the bigger picture of the economy. And, you know, that's always been true to some extent throughout this entire cycle. But um, there's certainly more economists calling for a recession to hit here in the next couple of years. Um, you know, our view is that uh, we will see some type of economic slowdown uh, at some point over the next two years. Um, we think it'd be fairly mild and maybe or maybe not a true recession. Uh, but we do think the apartment industry is, is pretty protected uh, by, by function of, of, um, of, the, of the fact that we have very low vacancy rates right now. Most of the new supply is concentrated in, again, kind of limited areas, even though it's a lot. And um, and the fact that ultimately, um, you know, people don't, you know, the the flexibility of renting remains favorable even through a, a recession. So, 
our view is that um, in the next couple of years, we see rent growth slow down around 2%. Occupancy drops off about you know, 70, 100 basis points. But overall, should be fairly and should be a pretty good shape throughout any kind of mild slowdown. And after that, we should be well positioned for, for pretty good growth again, because that kind of a slowdown would naturally thaw out the construction pipeline. And as the market heats back up, um, we should be positioned for some pretty good growth. Great. Well, that makes me smile, Jay. I, I like hearing that. And uh, good information as usual. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Michael. All right, and thank you for joining us. And stay with us. Next, I'm going to have an owner of a lot of apartment complexes and get his view from his desk of what he's seeing on the property level performance. And uh, stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit BullRealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies, incredible training for commercial agents. Visit CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Bomi International, for facilities and property management education, visit Bomi.org. BuyProxy.com, your global commercial real estate listing service. Visit BuyProxy.com. Red IQ. Turning multifamily data into actionable intelligence. Visit RedIQ.com.